Hi, I'm Jared Lee. And I'm Carolyn. And this is We Watch Things. The podcast where we talk about what we've watched. And how it made us feel. Yes. (laughs) On this episode, we discuss The Matrix. Ooh, fun. (laughs) Okay, well, a little bit about ourselves first. Like I said, my name is Carolyn. Um, Jared and I are roommates, so... We find ourselves having these conversations a lot and staying up really late into the night. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Carolyn, why don't we just record this? <laughs> like, we need a way to make money from this. Yes. We need a creative outlet. <laughs> yes. So here we are. In the birth. Yeah. And I really feel like the fun thing about this show is you're going to get things that we're watching mm-hmm. current, mm-hmm. live, up to date. Yes. And so if you're ever in your Netflix queue and you're like, or Hulu or Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. we don't discriminate. We don't, we pay for it all. <laughs> we pay for all of them. <laughs> then you can kind of be like, oh, I heard that this was pretty good. Yeah, go or that, that it was terrible. Or it was terrible. Because we'll talk about that too. Oh, for sure. Um, um, just a little bit about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 26, um, LA transplant from Orlando, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things I like are, um, you know, going to theme parks, going to the beach, hanging out drag queens um <laughs> and watching tons of tv and uh, movies yeah um i'm 29 i'm originally from northern california from the east bay uh i have a tv addiction tv and movies i can't go a day without watching something uh yeah i'm very i mean like <laughs> same over here yeah like, it's really <laughs> it's almost like part of my nightly ritual uh, yeah like i watch it have... every night every morning <laughs> we're lucky that the jobs that we have we get to kind of have it on while we're working. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's um, very true. Yay, agency life. Woohoo! <laughs> it's just an all-day, everyday thing. Mm-hmm. So, Carolyn, what are your favorite, some of your favorite genres, movies and TV? Okay, I love it all. I really love horror, but I'm very particular about my horror. I don't really like gore that okay. much. It took me years to finally see the movie Saw. <gasps> Oh, I one refused. of my favorites. For the longest time, I was like, it's just torture porn. So if I recommend I it. I <laughs> refuse to watch it. No, but then I finally did. Everyone's okay. like, it's a good character study. And then I finally watched it, and it was a good character study. Okay, so we might talk about it on the show? Saw? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see. I, okay, if there's a story, I'll watch it. But I don't like... I'm not that into slashers. Okay. I love Halloween, because to me, that has good characters. Right. Um, I don't know. I'm just very particular about it. See, that's really funny because I'm the total opposite. I love a good slasher. Scream, I know what you did last summer. No, I love those. Oh, okay. See, I love Scream, I love I know what you did last summer. I don't... It's the ones where they're just... There's no point to them. Mm-hmm. And they're just chopping people up just for the sake of chopping people up. Okay. You have okay. to have a reason. That's mm-hmm. all I ask is just have a reason to chop me up into little bits. <laughs> <laughs> um, But I really, I love everything. I mean, I... I watched, growing up, my mom would watch, like, old musicals with me, so I have a love of, like, really, you know, classic Hollywood movie musical, and then my dad would, you know, sit me down at too young to watch Quentin Tarantino films, and, (laughs) like, old westerns, and just everything, like, yeah. Oh, sorry, everyone. (laughs) So just, so horror is number one, for sure. I guess, yeah. I mean, if I had to pick a number one, that's... Horror's the one where I'll watch it. Even if somebody says it's bad, I'll probably still watch it and enjoy myself mm-hmm. just because it has ghosts in it. 
Yeah. Do you have a number one? You love high school movies. I, yeah, and if you if you give me a high school mm-hmm. with angst, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. Yeah. I'll still be like, well, it was good. Was like, yeah. It was it was all right. Yeah, like I'm like you. I'll find myself enjoying it, like mm-hmm. even if it's really bad. Like one of my like super guilty pleasures, which like we'll get into probably later, but GBF. Gave oh, GBF friend. was cute. Yeah, I liked it. See that one? Like you would think would get like you know, critically disclaimed and like mm-hmm. not, you know, it don't want to but no, I yeah. think it's like funny. It's yeah. super cheesy. Yeah, but, but... it kinda knows it's cheesy. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. It's fine. I'm okay yeah. with a little cheese. So yeah, high school drama. Mm-hmm. Number one for me. <laughs> so you're coming at us with the high school kids and I'm coming at you with the ghosts. Yeah. And that's our show. And that's the show. <laughs> Except today we're talking about neither of those. We're talking about The Matrix. Um, oh, before we get into it though, Jared, what have you been watching this week? Um, well, I just finished um, iZombie on the Netflix. Mm. So I'm not up to date with the current season, but I, that's airing on CW. I wait till it gets on Netflix. Yeah. But I just finished that up and I gotta say I was crying. Really? Yeah, it was like this season, we're on, I just finished season five. Mm-hmm. It really has taken a turn for the story and it's kind of like what I really like about iZombie if you don't know it's about it's a CW show but it's basically we're in Seattle Washington and the the zombie virus broke out in Seattle and these zombies don't need to they still have to feed on brains but they don't get crazy they act like normal people except they just have to eat brains Mm -hmm. I mean their skin gets um, lighter and their hair gets white but they eat the humans brains and then they get visions of the brain that they ate of their life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And our main character uses that to solve crimes. That's and a really cool premise. Yeah. And that's how she gets her brains because she works yeah. in the morgue. So <laughs> she kind of is like self, you know, seeding herself. And it's just like, it's a really fun way to have the zombie story told mm-hmm. that's not like gore or like apocalypse. Yeah. And so, and it's not The Walking Dead. It's more of like a romantic-ish comedy. Okay. I guess yeah. if I had to put a genre on it, mm-hmm. that's what I would do. Okay. But without spoiling too much, the story has gone a different way, and I was, like, crying at the end, and it's, like, a lot of fun. So that's, like, what I've been... That's, like, the main thing I watched this week. And then I also finished up The Final Table, which is on Netflix, mm-hmm. which just came out. It's almost like a Top Chef, but, like, more inclusive of other cultures. <laughs> really fun time. Yeah. Because they bring chefs from all around the globe to compete to sit at the final table, mm-hmm. which is just a table with other famous chefs. <laughs> no prize <Yeah>. money. <laughs> no, no nothing. nothing. <laughs> no kitchen supplies. <laughs> you don't even get kitchen supplies. You didn't win anything. You just want a seat. You want a seat. You, you competed. Yeah. You get to sit down finally. <laughs> it's a finally get to sit after cooking. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good prize. I would compete to sit down. <laughs> How about you? What have you been seeing this week? Um, so I watched, I binged all of Dogs okay, on Netflix. Okay, Dogs. Yeah, so it's a new docuseries. I think, it, I don't know if it was based off of a movie or something, but it was like, it says like created as a docuseries by someone. So I don't know how okay. it started. Uh, I mean, but, there was that one movie. Which one? Dog or Man's Best Friend or... Whatever Vanessa, I think was Vanessa Hutchins was in it. I think. Oh. And David Quaid. David Quaid was definitely in it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> was it scripted or? It was like a feature film. <laughs> okay. Well, this is not scripted. This is about real dogs. Um. So yeah, I would recommend a couple episodes. 
of that show. But the main one that I was watching was Cheers, um, which started in the 80s and had 11 seasons, maybe something like that. I just finished it and it had one of the best series finales I've ever seen. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was really surprised because, you know, a series finale is so hard to do. Especially for a show that's gone on that long. It's gone on so long. And it was a sitcom, so like it's not like it had a storyline to wrap up. Right. They just kind of had to conclude it somehow. Kind of like Friends. Like I thought Friends had a really good yeah. finale. Mm-hmm. Um, Will and Grace is an example of a bad one. <laughs> yeah, but hey, they got a second chance. <laughs> they did, they did. I've heard it's really good. Um, but yeah, no, it had a great finale. I was really struck by it. So yeah, that's what I was binging this whole week. Nice. And I've been seeing you watch. I like will always pop in your room and see you watching Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Also, it was called Dog Days, this feature Dog film. Days? Yeah, Vanessa Hudgens is in it. And I take that back. David Quaid was not in it. But he's in David a, Quaid should be in it. Yeah, because he's in a movie called A Dog's Journey coming out in 2019. Yes, A Dog's Journey. So that's journey. where I got the dogs all <laughs> mixed up. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Okay. So yeah, definitely try to check out those if you guys want to. Um, so let's get into the meat of it. The mm-hmm. Matrix. Yeah, the this, Matrix. Um, Jared recommended it. So yes, this is our first episode. So kind of just like a really quick brief of like how we're going to do things on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll say hi, we'll catch up, we'll like do some fun house cleaning things. Mm-hmm. And then um, we'll talk about what we're currently watching during the week. Yes. Um, and give our thoughts on those. Because it's always going to be changing. We get we watch so much that it's like we're watching new things every week. Mm-hmm. And then I'm even waiting for some things to come back. Yeah. So when those do, I'll let you know what I have, um, what I've been like watching on. Mm-hmm. What I'll let you know what I've been watching. <laughs> um, and then we would think we th- we were trying to go back and forth on how we're going to do this part, but what we landed on, I think, is really fun. Is each week. I will either recommend a movie or a show to Carolyn, mm-hmm. or she'll recommend one to me. Right, and we'll, and then watch, we'll it. watch it. So then you'll kind of get the perspective of someone who's loved the film, yeah, and someone who's new, some exactly. fresh eyes to it, yeah. And I think that's like a really fun way to kind of like dissect these. Exactly, movies. especially with our different tastes, it means you're going to get a lot of different kinds of movies. Oh, for and sure. And TV. Yeah, we've already had a... When we came up with the idea for this show, I had like a list of like 20 films. Oh, me too. And shows. I'm we like, got out all of our DVDs because we still buy DVDs. <laughs> or Blu-rays. Or Blu-rays. I've been slowly, I grouped them all in yes, together. You're right. The same. Yes. But yeah, my DVD collection has been transferring to a Blu-ray collection. But yes. like I always say, you can always judge a person based on the DVDs or movies they you have. You can. And now you can judge them based on whether or not they even have... Like, own movies. Yes. Some people don't even care enough to own them. I know, which is very disheartening. It's, it's very so sad. sad. I don't want to think about a world like that. No. And I guess, like, our modern way is just to, what's in your queue? I'm going to judge you, like, yeah. what's on your queue? Yeah, I have no shame in saying I judge you for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this week... Jared recommended The Matrix because he owns it. Yes, The Matrix. <laughs> and I hadn't seen it since it came out. I think I watched it maybe, I, it was probably the year after it came out because I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it when it was really new and I right. watched it at my friend's house and barely remembered it. Like when we were watching it, I don't know if I fell asleep or something the first time I watched it, but like 10 minutes into the movie, it was all new to me. Oh, really? Yeah, like the first 10 minutes I was like, yeah, I remember this, okay. 
And then all of a sudden it was like I had amnesia or something. It's just totally yeah. fresh and new. But that was fun. It was like watching it for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get let's get into it yeah. then. Okay. So The Matrix, yeah, like you said, came out in the late 90s, 1999, is a science fiction action film written and directed by the Wachowskis. And it stars Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, and Joe Pantolano. <laughs> Joe what? Joe, <laughs> Joe Pantolano. I don't know how to say it either, so I'm, I can't. Yeah. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Joe, tweet us and correct us. Please. <laughs> um, so in this movie, it depicts a dystopian future in which reality, as perceived by most humans, is actually a simulated reality called The Matrix. Um, created by sentient machines to subdue human population while their body heat and electrical activity are used as an energy source. Cybercriminal and computer programmer Neo learns this truth and is drawn to the rebellion against the machines, which involves other people who have been freed from the dream world. What? Yes, let's, un- let's was... unpack that. Yeah, that was a that's lot. a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um... So like I said, yeah, our main yeah. character is Neo, played by Keanu Reeves. Right. He's kind of like this computer hacker guy. Um, we meet him in his apartment. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like this dreary and um, sad-looking little place. Everything about this movie is dreary and sad-looking, mm-hmm. whether they're in the Matrix or in the real world. Yeah. It's all very sad, but it's fun, so it, it doesn't feel super sad. Exactly, yeah. And it's kind of um, interesting at first because... You know, we're all lost in this world, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like how I guess Neo feels at the beginning of the film as well. Yeah, he he definitely I think is searching for something, and in a way, maybe he almost knows. Like he knows something is up with the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we kind of get that clue because as soon as he wakes up, um, he um, goes to the computer and is like talking to some. Um, person behind the screen we don't mm-hmm. know who it is but they mentioned that he needs to follow the white rabbit right if he wants to meet morpheus and we're all like, like what's okay. all this going on um but i want to back it up real quick okay. we need to talk about the opening scene the opening scene is yeah. really good yes so if you guys don't know if you guys haven't watched the matrix mm-hmm. um most other films have probably adapted this scene as well, but mm-hmm. we have this woman. We open up the f- um, the movie of this woman like sitting in like a room by herself. Her name's Trinity. Heard, yeah, yeah. Was she just sitting in a chair? So I She's forget like the yeah. first. I think she was on the phone. Yeah, I'm not sure. But anyways, cops burst in. Yes, she sees them. We cut back outside where it's raining, and there's a bunch of cops, kind of like as if there's like a they're like waiting for like a hostage to come out. Yeah. It's that kind of situation. And then we have this guy in a suit come out, and he's like, where, do you, you know, he basically is like, where are your men? He's like, oh, they're already inside. He's like, I told you not to bring, I told you to wait till I came here. Mm-hmm. It's like this guy in like a suit. And the guy's like, it's okay, it's just one woman. And then this guy in the suit's like, they're already dead. <laughs> and then we cut back, and Trinity's like kicking the shit out of these cops. Yeah. But the really fun thing she does is she runs against the wall, she j- jumps off into this little karate puzzle, and it freeze frames. And they're kind mm-hmm. of like... The camera moves, but everyone else is still. We kind of have this really cool, like, our characters are floating, frozen in place while the room is spinning. Mm-hmm. And then it gets out of that, and then bam, kicks, and we go, action, 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 action. <laughs> it's something you see all the time now in different things, but it was invented for that movie. That whole, like, what do they call it, bullet time? Oh, yeah, the bullet time, mm-hmm. yeah. Where they, they had a bunch of, like, 
like DSLRs or something. I don't even know if they were DSLRs back in the 90s, but they were like still cameras, still frame cameras in like a half circle around them that would, and they put all that together to make it look like the camera was going around super fast, like faster than they could move. Yeah. It's a really cool effect. It was a really cool technique. Yeah. I really liked it. It was really cool to like see all set up. And now you see it everywhere in like Shrek and... Scary movie. Scary movie. I saw one like recently. I think it was in The Good Place or something like that where they parodied it. It, They're still doing it. Yeah. So very iconic opening scene. But yeah, so we like get told that um, if you want to find the truth, we need to like follow Morpheus Mm -hmm. or follow the right rabbit to Morpheus. What did you think of Neo? Like when you like first watched? Like I love Neo. I think, I mean, I think we can all identify with him not being happy with where he is in life, feeling a little complacent and wanting something more. Um, but he's brave enough to go out and get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was a really cool character. I don't even know where to begin tackling this film because there's just so much there, of the there Matrix is. to talk about. There, There's a lot of levels to this movie um we picked quite i mean i think we picked like a really heavy one to hit we <laughs> did on the first on our first run yeah um i mean what i was struck by was how i mean it was so fresh and so new and still feels pretty fresh and new mm-hmm. despite being what is it 19 years old now 1999 yeah, 1999. So almost, almost 20, 20 years almost old. 20 years and it old. still feels pretty fresh and new. Um, but the way that they incorporated the technology aspect of all of the story with just these ancient ways of telling a story, you know, you have like a computer hacker in a story with an oracle. Those two usually don't go together, but they found a way to make it all feel very cohesive. Um, and it felt like. It was kind of like the art of film trying to reconcile itself with computers and technology. Now they're a little more, you know, inclusive. They, yeah. We use computers all the time to mm-hmm. make movies. CGI. Yeah. Like almost is in everything. It's like in we everything. are moving away from doing practical effects. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, even... I mean, you don't even know when you're watching a movie sometimes that most of the time the sky you're looking at isn't even the sky of where they were. Yeah. You know, they just replace the sky and everything. But back then... It almost seemed like people in the industry were trying to figure out how do we adapt, but still trying to tell stories with all of this new technology. Like, where does it all come together? Mm-hmm. And I think it all came together in the Matrix. Yeah, it's and it's funny that it does come about in the nature in the Matrix because it's kind of like it's. I've heard this film referred to as cyberpunk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's a really fun time where like in our time in society where technology was starting to be really ingrained into the culture. Yeah. Like with communication devices mm-hmm. and electronic banking. And it, it was a new it, like language you have to learn. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't learn it, you were going to fall behind and like coding and stuff. And that's like mm-hmm. when I remember growing up a lot of like be a computer engineer, be a hacker. Yeah. And that was kind of like big. So it's kind of fun that like the same time the industry, the film industry was like changing into a more like technology based mm-hmm. use for doing effects. Right. I mean, you had to, you also had to come up with a new way of telling a story. I mean, all of your characters from here on out were going to have computers. They were going to have phones. How do you incorporate that? You know, there was a whole language of film 
And it was all going to change with the introduction of these new devices. Mm-hmm. Kind of shaping the language. Yeah, exactly. In a way. Just the way that people lived their lives was going to completely change. So mm-hmm. how were the stories going to change? Exactly. Yeah. So, so like we mentioned, Neon's on the hunt for something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he follows this white rabbit, which kind of starts our Alice in Wonderland imagery within the film. Right, where there's a lot of it. Which is a lot of fun. So he um, he gets this message from his computer to mm-hmm. follow the white rabbit. And as soon as that happens, um, these people knock at the door. Neo, like, is doing some service for them. So, like, we kind of get a hint that he's some type of, like, computer guy. He's, right. like, a hacker because he's giving these people, these people, like, a tape. Or, yeah. like, a disc. Yes. He's giving them a disc. And then one of the women in the group turns, and we see an image of the white rabbit. Right, like and Neo's they, not going to go with them. He wants he, nothing to do with them. They invited to a club, and right. then he's like, "No, nah, no, nah, it's raining," which we can all re- we can all relate. Maybe there's a cyberpunk. <laughs> oh yeah, we got <laughs> we're not, I'm not going. We're not going outside. It's raining. Um, but he sees the white rabbit, so he's like, he follows her. Yeah, follows her to this club, and we meet Trinity, the woman from the beginning of the film. Right. And Trinity, you know, kind of whispers these like sexy, mysterious things, like. You know that this there's more to this world. Blah blah blah. <laughs> find him. Go find him, Neo. Go find Morpheus. I know him. And you're kind of like he's like, Okay. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, he I mean he's well, I was gonna say he's totally on board, but he's not totally on board. He's still very reserved about it. But mm-hmm. his and curiosity then, But she leaves him with They're watching you, Neo. That's right. They're watching you. They're watching you. <laughs> They're all gonna laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he, what happens after that? So then the next day he wakes up. He goes to work. He was late to work. He That's gets in trouble. Right. And then we kind of see these agents come into the office mm-hmm. that he's working at. He works for a computer software company, mm-hmm. and it's the same agents from the opening of the film. So we know right. they're like not on our side. It's so, the Men in Black. Yeah, it's the Men in Black. But the bad Men in Black. The bad one. Did you know that Will Smith turned down the role of Neo? I did not. He, they offered it to him. Like, they were just going to give it to him. And he turned it down to shoot Wild Wild West. <sighs> you know, I had a compliment, but then I had to take it back. We would have never had the song. And I love the song. There we go. Wild we Wild w- West. So, <laughs> Also, Jada Pinkett Smith was going to be Trinity. That would have been so I know. cute. But, but then when Keanu Reeves got it, they read together and they didn't have a lot of chemistry. Mm. But I guess, I don't, I mean, I read she's in the later one. She is. And they, the they, like, they brought made her the back. character for her. Yeah, they did. And she does great. Yeah. She kind of fits the whole cyberpunk okay. um, feel cool. and story cool. time. Yeah. I have to say, like, I mean, it does feel a little cyberpunk. Because it does, it does rain, and <laughs> which actually is a big part of cyberpunk. Is it really? It really is. Well, because it's like, if you look at like Blade Runner, I think the newest version is like Altered Carbon, mm-hmm. but there's a little bit of it in Black Mirror. It's like, it's just a kind of a gritty, bleak look at our world, and it, it always rains. It just always rains. But you also have like, usually it's like a detective is your main character, Capitalism features a lot into it, which it doesn't seem to feature that much into the Matrix. But Mm-mm, because that, we discuss many other things. Well, yeah, but it like it also if it's built by the machines, the machines don't care about capitalism. Oh my so, gosh, like, it's not they featured. don't. So like, there's no advertising. Oh. So like, if you watch something like Blade Runner, advertisements are everywhere, and it's like That's a right. big okay. thing. I watched a really interesting video essay about cyberpunk and. It came out of, it came about in the 80s, mm-hmm. and it was 
a huge response, it seems, to the Reagan era because he was okay. the president. And he um, he did a lot of stuff with advertising where he took away like limits on advertising so you could like advertise to children and things like oh, that, which is why we have all those great like 80s toy commercials. <laughs> um, so yeah, it kind of came about because of that. And that's why if you watch something like Blade Runner, they have huge billboards that take up entire buildings yeah. and like there's nothing like that in the matrix you're right they're Be- not trying to sell anything because it was the machines because machines are pure and humans are shit <laughs> <laughs> that's i mean that is the central theme of the matrix <laughs> well okay machines are thank, pure and and thank you are well <laughs> thank you for coming in and <laughs> that's our show <laughs> there, there it is <laughs> we've solved it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god um yeah you're right. So we follow um, the White Rabbit, and then we kind yeah. of finally get led to Morpheus, mm-hmm. and he presents Neo with an option, the red pill or the, the blue, blue pill. Very iconic, very famous. Yes. Like, boom, boom. Everyone was asking you in the 90s, do you want to take the red pill or the blue, the blue pill? pill? Yes. These pills, one, woke you up from the Matrix, the mm-hmm. simulated world that everyone was living in at the time. Mm-hmm. Because the machine... So basically, the reason why the Matrix was created was because the machines needed energy. Right. And so they learned. Yeah, we had lost a war with the machines. Oh, correct. Yeah, there yeah. was a long war with there was a nuclear war. Ooh, that's yeah. right. Nuclear. So we destroyed the planet. And, and yeah. darkened the sky. Yes, because yes. the machines are running on solar power. Right, that's what it was. We darkened the yeah. sky, so they needed energy. So they harvested humans. They harvested humans right. because I think it is true that we like create enough energy as like a battery or something. Yeah, I forget more, what kind yeah, it is, it's, but it's like... They, there is a number. There is a there actual is. number in the film that they provide that I did not write down. I didn't either, but I think it's actually true that we like... <laughs> it is very yeah. true. Yeah. Because that's how the brain communicates. So that's kind of like the world. So one mm-hmm. pill wakes him up from the world where one would keep him in the world and he would forget. Right. And I loved that the they... I loved that they had that choice that mm-hmm. they could choose because it made me think what would I choose? And it made me really sympathize with, what is his name? He ends up being bad. Um, Phaser or something. I always want to call one of them Gozer, but that's it's from Dozer. Go- it's from no, Ghostbusters. It's, well, Dozer is... But it's not Dozer. I just want to say Gozer because it sounds like it would fit with the movie. Um, his name is Cypher. Cypher. Which... It actually makes me sympathize with Cypher. Mm-hmm. Which is a very interesting character name for him. Yes. It is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it makes you um, sympathize with Cypher for a little bit. Yeah, because you wonder, like, what pill would you choose? Because, I mean, I I love learning things, and I'm constantly, like, researching and, and mm-hmm. doing things like that. Yeah. But I also sometimes don't want to know things and think that, like, ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. There really is a truth to that. But yeah. I love that Neo gets that choice, and he ultimately chooses to move forward and learn right well and it's i'm with you i'm glad that they presented him with a choice because that's kind of like the um whole internal struggle that neo has in Mm -hmm. this film Mm -hmm. is with the theme of like fate and destiny fate saying that everything is like preordained and like you know you're gonna be doing this at this date and this time whereas like some people feel like that's not true because why wouldn't you want to be in control of your own life like the decisions that you make Mm -hmm. cause things not because they've been preordained by some higher being yeah so it's very up the path of neo to like to give him a choice like you couldn't just tell neo yeah you know take this yeah i mean they could have they could have just 
forced him mm-hmm. into it. You know, right. Neo didn't have to have these choices. Right. Oh, so the reason why Morpheus is after Neo is because oh, right. he Morpheus believes that Neo is the one. Mm-hmm. There is a character in the um, movie called the Oracle, mm-hmm. and she had prophesied to Morpheus that his role in life is to find the one that will bring right. the downfall of the machines. Mm-hmm. And he believes it is Neo. Yes. Which, hello, anagram, Neo, the one. If you move Whoa, Neo around, you get the do, one. Like, I didn't make that connection. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. I'm with Morpheus like, well, he's well, the, his, name, he's, his name is Neo. <laughs> Let's move it over. Let's flip it around a bit. And you get a one. Um, and so we're glad that Neo takes the pill, though, because he brings us into the real world. Mm-hmm. And we get introduced to the Nebuchadnezzar and yes. a bunch of the other crew on the ship. The Nebuchadnezzar is a spacecraft that floats around in the real, in the real, the real, the world. real. Say world. that eleven times fast. <laughs> the real. World. No, I think, and like the Nebuchadnezzar was the first. I think probably the first moment where I was like, oh, that's from the Bible. And then we get they mentioned like Zion, and I was like, that's from the Bible too. So like you start to pay attention. There's a lot of like biblical. References mm-hmm. like if you didn't already think that Neo was like Jesus, then you get Nebuchadnezzar and Zion and like what were the others? There's so many. There's so much. That is like again, like like we said, there's so many layers to this movie. Yeah, and religious symbolism is a big part of it. It is. Only be careful yeah. when you look it up on the internet because I did a lot of research and a lot of the videos on YouTube are like biblical conspiracy theories. Oh wow. Our neighbors have power tools, everyone. Oh. oh my gosh. Is it a vacuum? It must be something. Let's give them a minute. Yeah. And our neighbors have stopped vacuuming, so we're back. Finally. <laughs> For now, at least until they start playing the freaking bass. <laughs> Again. At least he's good at it. At least he's good at it. Um, so what we were talking about were the biblical references in... The Matrix. Yes. So we've got Neo is Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's I our watched, Christ figure. Right. I watched a couple of videos where they're like, Neo is God, but I don't think Neo is God. Neo is not God He's because not. do you know who is God? See, I I was going to ask you that because I don't know because I was like, Morpheus might be an obvious choice, but I don't think it's Morpheus because he doesn't know enough. And you're correct. It's not because Morpheus is someone else that I will get into. Ooh, okay. And then I was like... Is it the machines? But that's kind of bleak. But they're all knowing. They're the yes. only one they created the mm-hmm. world. Well, so... in the words of Ariana Grande. Oh gosh. <laughs> sorry, she is Preach. one of my favorites. This we are filming this right when after Thank You Next came out. Yes. So like I'm still oh, not. I watched like... it today. It was so good. Ah! And it made me just want to watch all of those movies. I know we should be doing an episode where it's just like <laughs> Thank the You Next. The videos of Thank You Next. <laughs> the videos of Thank You Next. Yeah. <laughs> and all of our <laughs> movies are dead. But no. God is a woman in this movie, and it's Trinity, but it's a little Wait bit of a, a stretch. It's a little okay. bit. It's Trinity isn't ne- in this movie. I there see, is no necessarily God. I was thinking of Trinity more as like the, the Holy, Holy Spirit because well, she's the Holy Trinity. So yeah. she's the Holy. She's the Holy Trinity, mm-hmm. and not and technically the Holy Trinity is Jesus, God. Yeah. And, no, sorry. Father, not Son, Jesus. the Holy Ghost, Jesus, God, okay, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yes, it's technically those three. So that's why I say it's Trinity. Right. And some of like the articles I had read was mm-hmm. kind of like that Trinity is the Holy. She's mostly like the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. slash God in this movie, yeah. where she's kind of guiding 
mm-hmm. Neo. Mm-hmm. And um, th- since the Oracle told her that she would fall in love with the one. That's right. She, her car- naturally God and Holy Spirit love Jesus mm-hmm. Christ and they yeah. guide it. So it's kind of that whole like. Because I saw force. her more as Mary Magdalene. Okay. Because sometimes mm-hmm. in, in some things you read, Mary Magdalene had fallen in love with Jesus. Because, you know, there's a big gap in his life that we don't know about. Right. That, you know, there's like 30 years, 20, 30 years or something mm-hmm. where he had a whole life and we have no idea what happened. All of the Da Vinci Code. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's how I was reading her. But yeah, her name definitely mm-hmm. throws me into thinking she could be more of the Holy Spirit figure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's um, a salvation, a guy I have written, typed here, mm-hmm. guide and salvation for Neo. Okay. She, and then like she brought him back to life. She commanded him back to life at the end that's of the movie right. when she's like, get up. I love yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, and so forth. So that's where mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of lends to. Mm-hmm. But even, I think even cooler is who Morpheus is kind of. Okay. Who, yeah, I couldn't find a place for Morpheus just in watching it yeah in the bible yeah so like technically he's not in the religion mm-hmm. aspect because um so morpheus the name itself comes from the greeks right. and it's the god of dreams mm-hmm. and so um they they kind of have like morpheus as like this like god that like awakes you from the slumber because he like woke up neo from mm-hmm. the matrix and um the nebuchadnezzar itself also lends to the um the theology of Morpheus, like okay. in the Greek, in the Greek, in the legend, Greek way, okay. Morpheus was also. I have it written here because Morpheus was the god that was would create your dreams, typically. Yes, but I think it's interesting that here he just kind of alerts you to the fact that there is a different world. Yes, that's almost like a dream world, right? And so um, Morpheus protected the gates of Morpheus beyond. I don't know what that means, but that's just what Wikipedia told me. Sounds like a Scientology thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny because the gates were in between two rivers. Okay. One for for forgetfulness. Oh, gosh. And one for oblivion. Oh. Which kind of refer to the pills that he offers Neo. Yes. Ooh. I like that. Yeah. So that's also... Yeah, because one, you'd forget what you know and and go back into... Oblivion. Oh, no. No. You're, no. Ob- you go Wait. back to your forgetfulness. You forget and you go... That's right. And you, you go for- back. And the other one, Oblivion, ruins the world that you know. True. Yes. Wait. Yes. The world that yeah? you thought was... the like It's Oblivion, yeah, because the world that Neo thinks is to be true is not real. And so okay. he obliterates yeah. that world that he, quote unquote, like knows. Okay. The, yeah. But isn't Oblivion like... You can't when think of you... Oblivion and the destruction of, like, the real world, but, like, the the Matrix world for Neo. I think I'm just... I think I need to look up what the word Oblivion means, because now I'm thinking that I've been using it wrong. Yeah, the state of being unaware or unconscious of what is happening. So that's... Oh, that's okay. why forgetfulness and Oblivion seem very similar to me. Right. Because when of, you forget, you're oblivious. Right. But if... Uh, I think it was in, like, obliterate, as in, like... I know. Those are different words, though. We, ch- we change <laughs> <trying> things. To- <laughs> we change <laughs> things to fit the story. <laughs> but, yeah. 
So, yeah. So yeah. There's more okay, kiss, yeah. boom, characters on. And then, yeah. I love it. And then we have, um, yeah, so mm-hmm. I think it kind of, like, draws it for, like, the um, religious symbolism. Well, I have, or, okay, or have the more? two that I looked up, because I just looked up Zion, because I knew that was from the Bible, and Nebuchadnezzar, because I knew that was from the Bible, but uh-huh. I couldn't remember, like, what they were. So Zion, or typically Mount Zion, yeah. is in Jerusalem, and in the Old Testament, it was the city of David and where they, um, the Jews built a big temple. Okay. And then in the New Testament, it's kind of used uh, to mean God's eternal city or where Christians would go to be with God, which is why a lot of um, like churches or the Church of Zion, or um, like I went to a Christian camp when I was a kid, and we one of our big hills we'd go hike up to was like we'd call it zion or something like that so that's why you hear that a lot and then nebuchadnezzar was and i know oh in the movie zion is the last human city right and that's where they all congregate exactly it's like the eternal city it's the eternal city because it's the only (laughs) only city and then nebuchadnezzar he was actually an a babylonian god not god sorry king babylonian king and he actually destroyed zion interesting in the bible so i don't know i'm sure that in the sequels they end up going to zion on the nebuchadnezzar and Mm -hmm. i'm very curious to see what happens should i spoil or no no okay i think we'll get there because i definitely want to watch them so maybe in a later episode we can discuss yes Sounds good. And just to mention, mm-hmm. obviously we are a movie review podcast. We're going to spoil some True. things in the movies for you guys. But we're hoping that you guys have seen these movies. And if you haven't, we or I'm going to try my best not to spoil the good the things that gag me right. for the movie. Like, we'll have to spoil, like, natural things. But, like, really big, like, mm-hmm. secrets or things that make the movie, like, why I love it, yeah. I will definitely keep a secret. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I wouldn't want to take that away from you. Right. Now you just need to have more context to watch the Mm -hmm. movie. Because I got told who Gossip Girl was before finishing Gossip Girl. Okay, but that was a big letdown. Uh, debatable. If you watched the show. (laughs) I did watch the show. But like... By the time they were going to reveal who Gossip Girl was, and this is, I'm going to spoil it now, so turn it off if you don't care. But <laughs> I was just forward. sitting fast forward. I was just sitting there thinking, please don't be Dan. Please don't be Dan, because that would be so stupid. See, it's funny because I was like, it has to be Dan. Well, that's why I didn't want it to be Dan, because we all were like, who else would it be? But then if you watch some of the earlier episodes, you're like, it can't. Why would he yeah, write Buzz, about himself like Buzz that? BuzzFeed has debunked a couple of like gossip, okay. like the Gossip Girl plot holes, but yeah. it didn't seem like they knew who Gossip Girl was. They didn't until they decided. <laughs> yeah, until yeah, they were just they like, "Let's." I wanted Kristen Bell to come walking out of the shadows and be like, "Surprise, bitches! I've been here the whole time. You didn't yeah. even know who am I." And then you know, be like one of those things where you could rewatch the episodes and be like, "Oh my god, there she is in the background." <laughs> but. If Netflix were to reboot Gossip Girl, I think that's what would happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can't wait for the reboot of Gossip Girl. It's gonna happen. It's gonna. It's gonna happen. It is gonna. We're gonna be like eighty probably when it happens. I know. Gonna be like yeah, XOXO, XOXO, XOXO. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's all I have for back to the Bible. That's all I have. Cool. Nice. And yeah, I mean, you. I mean. 
hold on to that theory because... because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stuff is going to happen. It's like, yeah. Um, so once we're finally taken into the real world, we can see some immediate differences with um, just the, the visuals. Yeah. Um, so when we're in the real world, it's really... I mean, this whole film is tonically cold. It's yes. cool. We've talked... We've like beaten that Very. horse already. But now it's like a dark blue. Mm-hmm. Or not a dark. Sorry, not dark. It's a blue. But it's a blue. They it's, took out all of the blues, all of the blues, in when you're in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sky, nothing is there, blue. Yeah. There's like a greenish tint. when We realize yeah. that now that we're in a greenish tint. Right. Every time that we're in the Matrix, we can tell is because it's green. Yeah. There's like a... It's green. It's bleak. It's Australia. It's Australia. <laughs> which is funny because they filmed in Sid- Sydney, Sydney. Mm-hmm. which is known as the city of Oz. Oz, Emerald City, Green, Green, Matrix, boom. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sydney is known as Oz? The land of Oz. Really? Yeah, it's for, um, there's like another reason why, but like I just thought that was really funny that it can be referred yeah. to as like the city of Oz. City of Oz, and then you, yeah. And then Wizard of Oz. Emerald City, green, <laughs> green, green, Matrix, film it there. That's what the hotels That's why they did it. That's why they filmed there. It had nothing to do with tax breaks. And everything to do <laughs> with us. Yeah, and everyone in the Matrix is also wearing like um, business. Everyone's wearing like a gray, yeah. black, or white. Mm-hmm. And it's all business, like formal business. It's a very like, it. I feel like the machines watched like, like video not videos but like old footage of the rat race in the 50s of like the men going to work all in their suits that's what it reminded me of what else do i have here um carolyn and i were even talking about like we were we watched this together mm-hmm. and every time you're in the matrix um the wachowskis they really wanted you to feel uncomfortable yeah. They went out of their way because like we were sitting here watching, and Carolyn's like, "Jared, do you hear that?" And I was like, "Oh God, yes. that's right." There is this high pitch, annoying sound. Oh my that God. They would just like randomly place while you were in the Matrix. It was driving me crazy in a good way, and, but yeah. like, it, yeah, it just kept pop- and it was like you weren't sure if you were hearing it, and it just wouldn't go away. And I think I paused it or something because I was like, I have to find out if this is in the movie or if something in our apartment is emitting this mm-hmm. sound because I have to kill it right away yeah and it was in the movie yeah and it was it it was like so annoying and i feel like they just wanted to make us feel sick yeah yeah they did they wanted you i guess i think they wanted you like neo to know that something was wrong with the matrix and to not want to be comfortable in it Mm -hmm. because it was probably very easy for a lot of people to just be comfortable in it a lot of us might choose the other pill that would put you back in i mean that's what cypher wants to do he Mm -hmm. achieves enlightenment or whatever by figuring it out and he doesn't want it he wants to go back and i can't blame him Mm -hmm. because it's bleak and gross the real world right and it's funny because i was watching this as a kid because i watched this for the first time when i was like in the third grade Mm -hmm. like that's just how old i was in 1999 (laughs) (laughs) and um i was like you as a kid watching it you're like Cypher, you're such a bad guy. No, you could never, like, yeah. why would you want to Don't betray leave? your friends. Don't betray your friends. you got to live, like, and you're like, you know the truth. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to go back? And it's kind of like as I get older and I move out by myself. Yeah. Wait, like, over oh, there. Oh, pretty good. Oh, over there, everything's taken care of for me. And yeah. I, 
Who cares if it's not real? Right. I think it's real. Well, it, and then I started thinking about like something like Ready Player One, which mm-hmm. I know also you're supposed to look at the real world and go like, oh, this is terrible. We have to change it. But like at the same time, if I could escape, that kind of almost becomes the real world. Yeah. And then that's the real world is not the real world. And I don't know, maybe because I'm so addicted to TV and I do that every day, I do mm-hmm. feel like I escape into some fake world that can sometimes feel more real to me than the real world, I can really sympathize with someone like Cypher who would want to be safe and comforted. Right, because he's tired of eating the slop. Yeah, well, that looked gross. I want steak. See, I'm with Cypher too. I'm picky (laughs) about my steak. I want I want some good steak. Medium rare. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I don't, yeah, don't blame him there. Yeah. Um, there's also there was also a lot of debate as to like why they chose the color green. I mm. think it's a very obvious choice. I think it's just sickly. It's sickly. That's yeah. like a big one. Um, money, control, because okay. it kind okay. of was like because like you said there might not be capitalism in here, right? But we kind of have like the feeling of like money controlling, which kind of like represents like today's day where money does really control, mm-hmm. like where. It's kind of whoever has the money has the power. Right. And the machines definitely have the power. Yes. Yes. So things like that, like with the vision, like for like changing the color and like just like giving us like this feeling of like it's cold on the the Nebuchadnezzar. It's Mm -hmm. just like, you know, drained of everything. Um, The only other time that we get a different color when we're not in the Matrix or the real world is like when we're in the training simulations. Oh, and yeah. And they kind of have, like, a yellow. They do. They and those like a... those were the most pleasant for me to look at. Yes. <laughs> those are... Because it's, like, that's, like, we're safe. Yeah. I think they wanted you to feel that's safe true. there. That's true, yeah. And you kind of were because you, you didn't... You couldn't get out. hurt. You weren't... None of your actions had real consequences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so what did you think of Agent Smith? So we have Agent Smith here, who's our antagonist yeah. for the film. He is a part of the Matrix. He mm-hmm. is a special program that can, um, that just like protects the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's special about the agents is that they can, very they can't really die because they take right. over other humans who are hooked up into the matrix yeah they kind of glitch themselves into yeah do they kill whoever they take over they don't kill whoever they take over they almost just take them out of the simulation and well no they don't take them out they like kind of take over for them okay but like because they they like morph into them yeah they morph into them but if they were to die yeah that's who did then, then yes that person that they control is dead okay right that's right okay but yeah it's kind of weird watching that because when they were like the agents when they were like morphing the people to become them it was weird to think like that's when i was thinking wow that's just code yeah like it's just zeros and ones that we're somehow turning into a physical looking thing yeah so yeah they're a fun computer program (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're they're exciting i do have to say though that learning thing that they can do where they, that Trinity does, I think, more than anyone else, where she's oh. like, upload the Encyclopedia Britannica or something into me. Yes. And then Dozer, whoever, can just upload it. 
Right, when they and look then, at the helicopter and she's like... Yes, yeah. Because they're trying to escape and Neo's like, Trinity, can you fly that? And she was like, one sack. And, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Dozer. Operator. Operator, I need to learn how to fly like a J399. Yeah, yeah. That, that model. Yeah, and then she knows how to fly a helicopter. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would pay so much money yeah, same. for that skill. Such a fun thing that you can do. I'd be like, put a microchip in my brain. I don't care if I can learn something that quickly with that little effort. There you go. There you go. And see, funny you're getting used to that. Because what if one day people want to sell you that? Imagine that a microchip. A microchip. Oh, I'm learn Spanish. Here you go. Boom. I don't care if they steal everything about <laughs> me. If they steal my identity. If I can learn Spanish in three seconds, I would do it. You're done. What okay. were we talking about? Agent Smith. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so sorry. So what did you think about him? He's our antagonist, and it's almost kind of like if we. I mean, if we dip back into the religious symbolism. Yeah. It's funny because, I mean, like, naturally you'd want to go, like, oh, he's, like, the devil. He's, right. like, Satan. But. But, like, he can't. But he, he can't, can't be, be. Because at the end, the way that his character ends the, like, in the end of the movie. How did he, how did he end? So, like. Spoiler, everyone. Spoiler. <laughs> so, like, at the end when um, they capture Morpheus to get the codes to Zion. Mm-hmm. And Agent Smith is with Morpheus by himself because he, he orders the two other agents out of like the room. Mm-hmm. And he is, we learn that he hates the Matrix. He hates this perfect right. utopia of a world and he wants like the truth and he wants to escape. Mm-hmm. He's tired of the power right. that he has yeah. in the Matrix and he wants something else. Mm-hmm. So I always thought that was like really interesting too because it's like even a machine's utopia yeah. isn't well, that's, good enough for Well, that's machine. what struck me about Agent Smith is he was so emotional for a machine. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it hasn't been explained where that came from. I want like an Agent Smith movie a little okay. bit. I want to know where in his programming he learned emotion because you see it when he there's a scene where he gets so angry i think at morpheus when he has him chained to the chair or something Mm -hmm. and he starts like beating him up or something yeah and the other agents are like what are you doing yeah that's yeah like Mm -hmm. he loses control and that's not like a machine i mean that means he's feeling emotion yeah that's really interesting to me Mm -hmm. yeah the programs of the matrix yeah are really interesting to talk about because i mean my like one that like probably really like gagged me was like the oracle Mm -hmm. and finding out that she like it's weird because like you watch the movie and you all know that everyone's like oh like part of the matrix or like machines Mm -hmm. but i was like when i first watched it i didn't realize that the oracle wasn't i thought the oracle was human for some reason when i first watched it you kind of expect her to be because i remember when we were watching it and i was like wait we're going into the matrix to meet the oracle that seems and I was Backwards. like, yeah. I was like, yeah, Carolyn, it's normal. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but that means that she's a machine unless she has learned to control herself in the Matrix. Like, she's just woke in the Matrix, kind of like oh, they right. are. Right. So you kind yeah. of learn that she is a computer program. Yeah. But I can't get too much into it because that gets revealed within the trilogy. Gotcha. Of kind of like where she comes from and like what she, what kind mm-hmm. of like program she is. And so, okay. I really like the Oracle and what she represents in this movie because, because like I mentioned earlier, we have this whole internal conflict with Neo mm-hmm. and his feelings on fate. Mm-hmm. And so, Neo believes that um, you're going to, that you have control of your life and like no one else can tell you what to do because blah, 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 blah. Right. 
And so why would he want to go see someone that's going to tell him how his future is going to be? Right. Well, it's this, it was this odd thing because in The Matrix, it's the illusion of control. And then you find out you really don't have any control. It's not, mm-hmm. none of it is real. And then you get, he finally, Neo gets some control. He learns about it. He's in the real world. He has control over his own actions. And they're like, oh, we're going to go take you to someone who's actually going to tell you that you don't have control, that even in this world, control is an illusion. Mm-hmm. So you're like, gosh, why do we even try? Right. And it's really funny because Morpheus loves and respects the Oracle so much. So much. Because she has told him that he's going to find the one. Mm-hmm. He thinks he has found the one, Neo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're on our way to go see her. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know what else she's told everyone else. We know that she, Trinity... Trinity has something going on with the Oracle. There yeah. was like something said, but we don't really know what it was. Mm-hmm. But we can speculate. Yeah, like she saw the Oracle. The Oracle <laughs> said something to her. It affected her. We don't know. We don't know. What that was. So we're on our way to the Oracle. And um, Neo... I mean, like I guess like Neo's just like nervous about it or whatever. But I think it's like really interesting because like when we first meet her, um, <laughs> we see all these kids. We have to oh, wait yeah. for her. There's like all these kids yes. in this waiting room. And they're like making shit float and like bending spoons. And this kid's but like... But Jared, there is no spoon. There is no spoon. <laughs> this kid's like bending a spoon with his mind, but there is no spoon mm-hmm. there. I never really got that until I, we did this viewing of the movie of like what it actually means. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, because it's like... I, I guess I if never, you're a like, kid, it's so I never really like, thought about it. I just yeah. like, ignored it. You just ignore that part of the movie. <laughs> but I don't know. It's... I mean, it's... I mean, to be completely honest, I still don't have my head wrapped around it. Like, I don't really I think know. the point... I mean, there is no spoon. The kid was just telling Neo, like, you have to stop falling for the illusion that is this world. None of yeah. it is real. Mm-hmm. It's all zeros and ones. When you learn that, you can control it because your brain is ultimately more powerful than the program. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so then we go and meet the Oracle, and she has some cookies baking. Mm-hmm. And then she tells Neo, watch don't, <laughs> like, watch out for the vase. And oh, then yeah. Watch out for the vase. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, that kind of starts our discussion with, mm-hmm. like, fate. Right. Would Neo have broken the vase mm-hmm. if she had said anything mm-hmm. or not which i love that they brought that up because most of the time when you meet a character like the oracle everything is just taken as gospel that is they're gonna tell you your fate it was all predestined but she's the first time she's the first time that i've ever seen some sort of fate reader oracle whatever you want to call them actually bring up the power of suggestion which mm-hmm. is probably what most of it is. Like, that's what most of, like, psychics and kind of things like that, when they give you readings, a lot of it is just, they kind of lead you into suggesting to them mm-hmm. what your truth is. Right. And so, this is why I love the Oracle. She mm-hmm. is the shadiest bitch. Yes. Because she has the most important job. Mm-hmm. She has to convince Neo to convince himself yeah. that he is the one. Yeah. She has to suggest to him in a tricky way that he's the one so that he can become the one. Right. Because it's just like so funny because like, okay, so she can see the future. So Mm -hmm. she knows this. Mm -hmm. And so she knows that Neo is stubborn and like Neo has to choose on his, on his own. Right. Because he hasn't been 
believing it. Oh, which brings up another biblical reference that I noticed. So Neo's real name is Thomas. And that Thomas Sanders, right? Thomas Anderson. Thomas Sanders is... What? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's Thomas A. Anderson. And Thomas was an apostle. Okay. And he was doubting Thomas. Oh, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sanders. <laughs> Mr. Sanders. <laughs> Did I watch the movie? Did I actually watch this movie? Um, (laughs) So yeah, I was thinking of Doubting Thomas, who was the apostle that doubted the resurrection of Jesus until he saw him in person. Ah! And he said, yeah, he was like, I'm the one that has to see it. And he said something like, I have to touch the wounds in his hands before I believe that he is resurrected. And then Jesus did. He appeared to him and was like, here I am. I'm alive. And he didn't doubt him anymore but then jesus Ooh. said something along the lines of like but blessed be those who believed without seeing oh my gosh so, bookmark that real quick because mm-hmm. i'm gonna i have a i have to piggyback off that but i want to hit some other points okay. first okay um so yeah so the oracle knows all these things about him and so she <laughs> flats out t- she's like you know you're not the one you know you she's have. So she's I she knows her. she's like you know you're not the one. Yeah. She's like, um, she like looks at his hands and she does like reader mm-hmm. like psychic stuff and mm-hmm. she and she's like, you simply don't got it. Yeah. You you don't. She was like, wait no, let me let me quote her correctly. Sorry kid, you got the gift, but it looks like you're waiting for something. And then Neo says what? And then mm-hmm. she's like, your next life maybe. Who knows? That's the way these things go. So she's kind of saying like. You got, like, you could be the one. Yeah. But you don't believe it. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. Because yeah. you've chosen, because you're Neo and you're control of everything. Right. That because you don't want it to happen, it's not going to happen. Exactly. And that's how Neo wants it. Because mm-hmm. Neo would rather be like, He's, I have, con- yeah. he, that's like what he cares about. He's like, I have control of my life and no one can tell me more, like, yeah. more differently. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they do that back. And then, of course, he's hurt because he, because he does he he likes morpheus he yeah doesn't his want to disappoint. whole his biggest disappointment that i loved he wasn't disappointed about not being the one mm-hmm. but he was so sad for morpheus he was like right. how do i tell him right and that's the thing that was really funny and that's like like really speaks to neo's character mm-hmm. is that like he's like i'm down for the ride like yeah but like he's just like i'm not your your one yeah and then um it was funny because like the 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 cookies that mm-hmm. the oracle was baking finish yeah Right as soon as their conversation's over. Mm-hmm. And it also kind of goes to a thing where it's she's kind of rubbing that into Neo's face with the cookies that, mm-hmm. like, I knew that these would be perfectly done mm-hmm. when our conversation was over. Yeah. Kind of goes into kind of to slap that, like, mm-hmm. you know, pre, you know, she, mm-hmm. she, she was showing off her gifts. Yeah. Saying that, like, so kind of, like, makes her credible and believable. Mm-hmm. And doesn't she say something to him about, she gives him a cookie and she says something like, by the time you're done with this cookie, you'll know what to do or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what she was saying. Yeah. And it's funny because a lot of people speculate that the cookie itself mm-hmm. is a program. And oh. it was needed to be given to Neo to like help him be the one. Yeah. Because she's like this, because like the Oracle is an ancient computer program that was mm-hmm. around the birth of the Matrix. Okay. Along with some couple others that we'll meet with it, like meet her later on in the trilogy. Oh, yay. But that's like kind of where like she and like that's kind of like how far this goes, I should say. Like how deep the Matrix runs mm-hmm. that we kind of have like these godlike computer programs that were like mm-hmm. built, like called the Oracle, and there's like a couple others that I won't spoil. 
but they kind of like created the matrix together and they're kind of like a checks and balances system. Mm -hmm. So I, you see one side of the scale with the Oracle. She's kind of like, she tries to produce like this, like free will. Mm -hmm. And then she also says this thing, like once you're done eating the cookie, she's like, you'll feel right as rain. Yeah. That's, and that just like stuck out to me. And I tried to research the quote, like why those words, why Mm -hmm. that like sentence Mm -hmm. I couldn't really find anything other than it's like a nice sounding way of saying like it's gonna be all right Mm -hmm. but I mean if we bring it back to cyberpunk rain there's your rain there's your your rain for the (laughs) cyberpunkness yeah and so I mean that's really cool with like the oracle with like it's it's funny because she likes to like give and take with Neo like Mm -hmm. okay you you yeah like yeah you know what you're doing and then psych look I really do know the future yeah but anyway so we fast forward to like the final battle scene with Mm -hmm. um Neo and um Agent Smith Mm -hmm. and so Agent Smith kills him and he dies right and we're like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be the one. Yeah. And then he even has like a line is like, how is supposed to be the one if he dies? Mm-hmm. And so then Trinity calls out to him, mm-hmm. tells him to wake up, and then he... Is resurrected. He's resurrected. <laughs> and what's the first thing that he does? He examines his wounds. <gasps> he examines the battle. There you go. The, and yeah. Then, so then he starts believing mm-hmm. that he is the one. Yeah. And then it kind of like brings everything back with mm-hmm. like... Um, oh, wait, I should back up. Wait. Never mind. No, that's, I mean, that brings it back to what I was saying mm-hmm. with the whole Doubting Thomas reference. Like, yeah. he he was doubting, and then he sees that, you know, he's fine, and he has no reason to doubt anymore, and then he is just full acceptance, and he gets all of these crazy powers, mm-hmm. and is just off on his way. Yeah, and maybe that's what the cookie was. Kind of like an extra life cookie maybe the oracle program something like it could be that maybe this is ready player one and (laughs) he had the extra life the whole time yeah (laughs) so and then also um it's funny because the oracle's like what are you waiting for your next life and then that could also lead into that where it's like he died it's technically his next oh my god that's totally that's totally what it is that's totally what she meant it's totally what she meant yeah Wow. She was right the whole time. Yeah. And that's why I think she's a Sadie's bitch, because she knew she was right. She knew. (laughs) She knew this whole time. She's like, I'm going to give you some cryptic answers, Mm -hmm. and it'll all make sense later. Yeah. But you're just going to get more confused before it does. Exactly. Oh, and then the other fun part, the other big chunk. See, there's just so much with her to talk about. So then she also, after she's, like, done with the... Like, after she's done telling Neo that he's not the one, Mm -hmm. she's like, but... Mm-hmm. You will have to choose between your life or Morpheus's life. That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that kind of also which he which which was bait. Does. Which was, it bait was bait. Yeah. Because again, she knew that Nia would make the quote unquote right choice because mm-hmm. he wouldn't let Morpheus die right. for something that he didn't believe. Which was like, yeah. In a way, that's kind of to save Morpheus because what if he did believe that he was the one? Do you think he would have made the choice to go after Morpheus? Or would he have said, no, I'm more important because I'm the one? Right. I think uh, you're right. He would yeah. have if that was what that's it's very interesting. Yeah. Because if ne- if that was a Neo's character to be like, oh, I am the one mm-hmm. kind of like be self-indulgent. Then mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, Morpheus would have. Because been no that. one else wanted him to go. 
even Trinity was like, you can't, you can't go. You're the one. We have to save you. And he was And like, it wasn't, he didn't think he was the one. So he thought, no, I can go and be sacrificed. Right. Which is funny. Cause like, even though if he didn't know that he was the one, then he can get the powers then to like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to go, true, to true. Go and save. but we're not, but then we wouldn't have a beautiful movie. Yeah. <laughs> is that the boost I need in life? <laughs> you need to go to the Oracle. Yeah. I mean, people do get a lot of that stuff from visiting psychics. It can be. For some people, it's what you need to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Same with therapists. You go to a therapist and figure things out. And whatever helps you get by. Yeah. If it's cookies, that's fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you notice anything? Like, what else? Did anything else pop out at you? What I loved was how they mixed things like the Oracle that were so ancient. These ancient storytelling devices with these new storytelling devices with technology mm-hmm. and how it seemed like they were kind of trying to reconcile how do we move forward telling stories because from well maybe explain like, to people if you don't know what like an oracle um archetype is like what is, is that what yeah. you is that what you're well, referring I just to mean like that the archetype like, of like an oracle an or? oracle is something that shows up in ancient stories right that's an ancient storytelling device mm-hmm. that like the greeks were using to move their stories forward mm-hmm and it, I mean, it shows up in movies, too. And I think if you look at the history of film from the beginning to the 90s, things were definitely changing. I mean, film was constantly changing. Every, everything was changing. But there was never something that affected our world more than computers, the internet, cell phones, things mm-hmm. like that. And it changed the world so much that I think storytellers writers, filmmakers, whoever, had to figure out a way to move forward with those changes and to work with them rather than against them. Yeah. And that was something that I thought this movie did really well, where they were kind of like, okay, we're going to move forward in this computer world, but we're going to bring all of these ancient devices with us and it's going to feel cohesive. Yeah. And it did. It really, it all felt like it was part of the same world. Or yeah. two worlds. <laughs> two worlds. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was what stuck out to me. Um, I know it gets criticized a lot for kind of the performances being a little stagnant. Um, maybe the dialogue being a little cheesy. Okay. But I don't. I don't think that really. I, I mean, mean, but there is a prophecy involved, so that entails a certain <laughs> line of dialogue. True. That's very true. <laughs> um, I mean, I think this movie falls into that. That thing that happens when something is such is so huge in our culture that it gets parodied so much and mm-hmm. almost instantly takes on a whole different meaning in life. Yeah. And I think that happened with it where it just showed... I mean, it was so cool and revolutionary, those fight scenes. And then... I mean, it was hilarious in Shrek, but with every time that happens... It means the next time you go back to watch the movie, you're going to be thinking about Princess Fiona doing yeah. that. And, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, it's, it happens when something is this amazing, but it kind of sucks for the filmmakers. Right. No, it's a good point. Yeah. It's like, it's a double-edged sword because it's what you want. You want something. You want your, your art, your movie to be as big as the Matrix and to have that much of an impact. Yeah. But you, with it, you know, what comes with it is people and their opinions and how mm-hmm. they take it. 
Yeah. What they do with it. What was your, what do you think is like your favorite scene slash least favorite scene? Ooh. Hmm. You know what I think this, my favorite scene is? And it's probably not everyone else's favorite scene because I think most people love the fight scenes, which I love too. I mean, mm-hmm. I love a good fight scene. But my favorite scene was really the scene with uh, Cypher and Agent Smith. Yes. The, uh, the stake scene. Mm-hmm. I loved that scene because I was able I was able to put myself there and think, God, what would I do? You know, what would I do in my life now if someone was like, I could put you into a coma and in your coma, you have everything you've ever wanted. And everything is fine. Yeah. Yeah, because he goes back as a famous actor who's rich. Yeah. He has everything he wants. He has steak for days. Always cooked perfectly. And he has no knowledge of the bad things he's done. Mm -hmm. Which, hmm, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Aw. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, it would be interesting to do a follow-up to see if does is the matrix successful in like removing all those i bet you they are like yeah and they i think they're more than capable of doing that i think so too. but it's well, funny that i can tell you this now cypher yeah. doesn't pop up in any of the other two movies well doesn't but... he not get his way what i don't think it happens with him it might get resolved remind me i think please I think... comment if i'm wrong but <laughs> i don't they kill him no they don't oh oh you're right he does get killed he oh my gosh yeah. i'm so stupid did i did I watch this movie? How many times have you seen this movie? <laughs> I can talk about how much I've seen this movie. Okay. He but does, there's so much yes, there. Yes, he does die because of the gun. Because Tank. Yes. No, yeah, not Tank he, Dozer. No, he kills Dozer. And is it yeah. like Screech? Nope. No, it's That's tank. saved by the it's bell. Tank. Is it Tank? Yeah, Tank His and younger Dozer because it's construction. Oh. That's how I remember them. Like they're, I don't know why they're construction. I, yeah worker names but but i love it but we're there. that's right i was so sad when i thought that tank was done for oh yeah i love tank mm-hmm. speaking of deaths in the film mm-hmm. one of the saddest <laughs> little mouse. mouse mouse i turned to jared the second mouse came up <laughs> i turned to him and i was like jared he's gonna die isn't he <laughs> like i just knew Oh my gosh. He is so sweet. If you guys ever really get into like the 90s and 2000s, like kind of movies, they did this, they just did this thing. Like I was watching, what was I watching? I was watching Step Up with Channing Tatum. Yeah. And like what his friend has a little brother called like little Sticky or something. And I turned to my friend in the theater and was like, he's going to die. Yeah. And he did. And he did. <laughs> and he did. It was, it was sometimes like... Sometimes you just know. Sometimes, yeah, you can You're just like, pick them out. They're too precious for this world. <laughs> <laughs> and Mouse was one of them. And Mouse was one of them, yeah. Yeah. One of the things that stuck out to me the most, and this is one of the philosophy things that some of these videos got into, where I was like, uh, I don't know. I know what the good places taught me about philosophy, <laughs> and that's all... <laughs> Which is a surprising amount that they get into. But um, that the first Matrix was a paradise for people. Yes, it was. And they rejected it. Yeah. Isn't that so funny? And it it just kind of makes you think, because there's a lot of stuff in philosophy that's like human beings are destined to suffer because we do it to ourselves. Like we can't, once you get everything in life and you have nowhere to go, 
it, you start to suffer. Yeah. And if you look at like these cultures, I remember reading up about, um, I was reading up about depression and there were, it was like the statistics in each country of who has the highest statistics of depression. Yeah. And I think the United States was like the highest and there were some countries in Africa that were like the lowest and it was like the poorest countries in Africa had the lowest rates of depression. And then America, one of the wealthiest countries in the world, had the highest rates. And they were like, we don't know if it's just more people are getting the official diagnosis or if it's because these people in these countries in Africa were like, had real problems that they were having to solve. Where in America, we're a little, we have a lot of free time. And I know for me, that's my downfall. It's like when I have free time and I have time to think, mm-hmm. that's when my thoughts Well, it's because we're around. not, like you said, it's like people in Africa gather their own food they build yeah shelter. they're busy like there are villages and communities that feed like surviving. spend their time surviving mm-hmm. we're here i can go across the street to mcdonald's and get my food yeah in 10 minutes mm-hmm. well 30 minutes if you go to london burbank but <laughs> usually it's like usually, yeah so yeah. i totally get that and it's like yeah we've acquired all these things and then mm-hmm. not only do we like compare ourselves to others and yes. like all that fun stuff that's, but yeah i can yeah. i can totally see that once mm-hmm. you reach enlightenment what's What's next? next. It, yeah. And maybe that's a very Western way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Christianity is a more Western religion. And that's what this movie deals with a lot of. Um, but yeah, it was so interesting to me that the humans were rejecting paradise. Like when everything was perfect, that's when it was tipping them off. That that, that wasn't real. Yeah. You couldn't accept it. No one mm. could accept it. Yeah, I wish no. they could. Yeah. And it's like... Ugh. It's just, like, so weird to me, though, because it's, like, yeah, if they're rejecting it, that's cool, but, like, you would think that, like, once they got to the point where, like, because the machines produce the humans. Right. I had this thought, too. Yeah. Then there would become a time where humans did not know a life without... They didn't know anything They didn't different. know a life with suffering. Mm-hmm. So maybe they could go back, but, I mean, the Matrix has already programmed the perfect, the quote-unquote perfect yeah. illusion, so I guess they didn't need to. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. I know, I thought that, too. Like, okay, was it just the early people that could maybe subconsciously remember real life Mm -hmm. that were rejecting paradise or was it these fabricated babies that knew nothing before that were also still rejecting it i feel like yeah right i feel like that's probably what it was i think that the machines probably created the matrix and they were like okay well we'll just just plug the humans into it and like we'll do what we can for these current adult humans and then we'll make our own babies and when those babies grow up those will be the real ones that are right that you know we'll test it and i feel like they probably rejected it too yeah but who knows because i mean some people are just born bad you know one person born okay you know like okay but like if that's what i'm getting at is like the first person the first serial killer that was born yeah in this this utopia how would the Matrix deal with that? Was that what was tipping them off? Oh, yeah. Were, were these people just all of a sudden changing and not being bad anymore? I see what you mean. Yeah, like the free will. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But that, that stuck out to me. That even these machines understood something about humanity that humanity doesn't quite understand. About itself. About itself. Ooh. Is that a good place to end it? I think so. Do you have anything else? Um, do I have anything else? Quick shout out to my girl Trinity for being a <laughs> badass bitch. Basically. Yep. 
like, I mean, Neo couldn't have done half the things he no. did without her. No, she, yeah. She was the driving force behind the whole thing. Yeah. And, I mean, wait, that would have led me into a spoiler, so I won't say it. But, like, value her. I'm telling you to value her as, like, a <laughs> character. As, like, ah, oh, she is everything. I love her. Yeah. I'm excited to see the other two to see where her journey goes to. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like it. Yeah. And I mean, like, wait, okay. And then obviously we have to talk about the, okay, my favorite scene with her is at the end when she, like, finally opens up to what the Oracle <gasps> told yes. her. Because, like, Neo, so, like, Neo's fighting Agent Smith. He's, like, about to die. He's, like, getting shot. Mm-hmm. And, like, Trinity's just, like, rubbing his chest sensually and she's whispering into his ear again because she did it in the beginning of the film. And now we're here at the end of the film <laughs> and she's whispering into her ear. And she is, like... Neo, you cannot die. You better get up, Neo, because you know what the Oracle told me? The Oracle told me that I will fall in love with the one. And I, she's like, Neo, I love you. And then he gets up and he is the one. And up. <laughs> it is just too good. It is. It's so it good. Is. And it's funny because like the Sentinels are like coming in too yes, and the fireworks right. are going off. I'm, whenever I watch a movie, I'm on the edge of my seat because <laughs> the EMP is ready to go. We need to kill these sentinels, but mm-hmm. Neo is not out of the Matrix and we don't want to lose Neo because he is the one. <laughs> and there's just, everything is, the most is happening yeah. behind you. And you're, even like right now, I'm getting so worked up because it's just like, everything is just like coming together and big explosion. Then he gets out, boom, boom, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And on to the next one. And on to the next which I'm sure is going to be exciting. Yes. Um, is there anything that you were looking forward to that is coming out? New stuff? Yeah. That's coming out? Oh, gosh. Uh, mm, new stuff that's coming out. I mean, we have, like, the holiday movies coming out. So, like, mm-hmm. we have Mary Poppins Returns coming out. That looks Fun. good. I think I'm seeing that with the family. I think me too. I think, is it Welcome to Marwin? Robert yes. Zemeckis' upcoming one. I love Robert Zemeckis, so I'm really excited for that one. Okay. I'm trying to think if we have any other, like, big holiday movies. The Christmas yeah. Prince 2, The Royal Wedding. I have to say, okay, I have a bone to pick with The Christmas <laughs> Prince because I watched the first one thinking it's going to be so bad that I'm going to enjoy it, and it wasn't bad enough. <laughs> it was too mediocre for me to enjoy it. I'm more looking forward to A Princess Switch. I watched it and it was really good. Did you really? Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> You're going to love it. Am I really yay? <laughs> yeah. Just, I also want to watch the There's a fun movie. Easter egg in The Princess <laughs> Switch. <laughs> Could it be A Christmas Prince? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, might be. it might be. It might be. Netflix is going all Inception on us. They are, and there. I love it. I mean... If the Mar- if the Marvel Cinematic Universe begins, do you think that's what they're doing? I I honestly think Netflix is. Oh my god! You heard it here first. Netflix is creating the Netflix cinematic. Christmas Cinematic <laughs> Universe. The NCCU. <laughs> yes. I would watch it. I'm. We're already there. I mean, like, where does the Christmas Chronicles fit in? Ooh, that's. That's a tough one. Yeah. I haven't finished that one. Maybe I, this is just his intro. And then when they all, when the Royal Wedding, when the C- Princess Switch, Christmas Chronicles, when they form the Christmas Avengers is when <laughs> we get. Oh my gosh. That's it. I love it. Okay. Do you have any recommendations? Um, any, this week? Any recommendations for this week? Um, something I recommend is Atypical on Netflix. 
if oh, you're yeah. looking for like a really cute um, family dramedy, mm-hmm. um, I hit it up. Hit it up. I think it's really good. That's what I'd recommend for this week. It's really short. It's uh, 30 minutes. Okay. Um, really fun, easy to get through. But it's like, it's going to make you cry. Oh. Yeah. I haven't watched that one yet, but I want to. Um, my recommendations this week are actually two stand-up comedy specials. Nice. Yeah, Netflix keeps recommending them to me, and I was kind of hesitant at first. But um, I've grown to love them. The first one is John Leguizamo's Latin History for Morons. <laughs> <laughs> and... I loved it because it was really funny, but also I learned so much about the history of the world, the history of, like, Latin people that we just don't have in our history books. Mm -hmm. I mean, our history books, especially in America, are just so wrong (laughs) about just about everything. Um, But it was really, really good because John Leguizamo is hilarious. And on top of that, you just learn a ton. And then Hannah Gadsby's Nanette. Oh yes, you've been. I keep, yes, telling, you keep everyone. telling everyone. I love it. It's so great, and it's she's hilarious. It's a stand-up comedy special, um, but it, it takes a turn at the end, and it, it'll it, it'll get you. It's really good. Nice. Yeah. So that's all yes. for this week. Alrighty. Well, until next time, keep watching things. Keep watching things. Recommend things to us. Yes. We're we're open. We have a Twitter. Our Twitter <laughs> handle is watch underscore pod. Mm-hmm. And our Instagram is we watch things pod. Yes. So find us, tell us what to watch, um, and then tune in to our next episode for another discussion um, where we talk about the Netflix Christmas Cinematic Universe. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That'll be episode two. <laughs> episode two. No, but in all seriousness, we will talk about my recommendation next time, which is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Ooh, exciting. exciting. Did I love it? Did I hate it? Did I understand it? <laughs> You'll find out next You'll week. You'll find out. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye.